Morning tea and listeners. Today we discuss a recently handed down appeal in regard to a damages claim as a result of unlawful detention by the South African police. I will be guiding you through four different courts, namely the Magistrates Court Criminal, the Magistrates Court Civil, the Full Appeal Court and the Supreme Court of Appeal. Hello Hector, thanks again for navigating us through these complex legal waters. What were the facts of this particular case? Inam Slangu and another versus the Minister of Police. The appellants were arrested without a warrant of arrest, which is usually issued by the court. On four counts of murder on the 29th of May 2005, they were brought before the Magistrates Court for their first court appearance on the morning of the 31st of May 2005. They were remanded in custody until the 14th of June 2005, pending the prosecutor's request to allow for further investigation and the bail hearing. Subsequent appearances before the magistrate's court, criminal, on numerous remands as a result in their further detention until the 10th of February 2006, when they were released after the director of public prosecutions had decided to withdraw the criminal charges against them. After the criminal cases were withdrawn against them, they instituted civil action for damages against the state minister of police for the unlawful arrest and detention in the civil court. What was the outcome of their civil action against the state for the unlawful detention? The trial court held that the arrest and the police detention were unlawful and awarded damages to the appellants in the amounts of 90,000 rand to the first plaintiff and 50,000 rand to the second plaintiff with costs. No damage were awarded in respect of the claims for alleged loss of income and earning capacity, nor in respect of claim for non-patrimonial damages in respect of the plaintiff's judicial detention. The trial court granted leave to appeal against the awards for damages to the full court of the Gauteng Division of the High Court Pretoria. The full court confirmed the trial court's refusal to award the plaintiff's damages for the period of judicial detention and dismissed the appeal with costs. When did the unlawfulness of their detention come to an end according to the full court? The full court held that the appellant's unlawful detention came to an end once they were detained in terms of a court order issued by the magistrate, which is the court of first instance after the first appearance. And what did the full court find in terms of the trial court's decision? On appeal, the full court confirmed that the trial court's refusal to award the appellants damages for the period of judicial detention was decided correctly and dismissed the appeal with costs. So what exactly did the Supreme Court of Appeal have to re-evaluate? The Supreme Court of Appeal had to decide whether the inclusion of an inadmissible confession in the docket at first appearance in the court of first instance, the magistrate's court criminal, factually and legally caused the appellants to be detained thereafter. Assuming in favour of the appellants that the factual cause of their detention for the remainder of the entire judicial detention after the 14th of June 2005 was the inadmissible confession, The decisive inquiry was whether a legal causation was proved and whether the minister should be held liable for the full period of judicial detention.
Legal causation entails an inquiry into whether the alleged wrongful act is sufficiently closely linked to the harm for legal liability. The court found that they were entitled to apply for bail and had not done so. This would have secured their freedom. Therefore, their continued detention was as a result of failing to apply for bail. Hector, given all this, what further question did the Supreme Court of Appeal have to consider? The inquiry raised the issue whether the appellants should have applied to be released on bail during the period of judicial detention and what limits of liability the legal convictions of the community and the legal policy determine. And what did the Supreme Court of Appeal find? The inclusion of the inadmissible confession in the docket with the intention that it be relied on was the factual cause of the appellant's further detention from the first appearance until they appeared in court on the 14th of June 2005. However, it was not the legal cause of the detention beyond the 14th of June 2005, on which day they could have, on all probabilities, have applied for bail and would have been released, that is, after the period of some two weeks judicial detention. The Supreme Court of Appeal found that their judicial detention was not the legal cause of their detention beyond 14 June 2005. If they had applied for bail, they would have been released after two weeks judicial detention served. For that period of two weeks, the court awarded an additional amount of 100000 each in addition to the amounts awarded by the trial court. So, in conclusion, can you summarize the Supreme Court of Appeal's order for us? In addition to the amounts awarded by the trial court, the magistrate's court civil, in respect of damages suffered preceding their judicial detention, the majority of the Supreme Court of Appeal, as per Judge Kuhn, awarded a further 100,000 rand as damages for the above period of two weeks' detention. In short, the order was as follows. The appeal is upheld, meaning it succeeds. The order of the full court is set aside and replaced. The first defendant is ordered to pay 190000 to the first plaintiff, 150000 to the second plaintiff, and cost of the suit. Until next time, listeners, take care and keep well.